0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is tell everyone about Book Club.
1: Put your phone down, Pricey. We're on air. No, I going to do it, I going to
0: leave there
1: see if it ran. We're. Yeah. Well, Just see, just see if it made the whole embarrassing schoolboy error. We're back for another episode of Book Club.
0: We are back, and yeah. we've got a new book, haven't we? I did like last time's book, though. No, this is somebody's listening to the start of a new episode, you know, of, of this is a series or whatever it is, season, whatever the hell it's called. I thought last the last book we read was excellent.
1: Actually. Killer stuff, wasn't it? Really good, yeah. Uh, it was called Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, and it was a killer. It's been, um, it's been implemented actually. Doing Book Club's been a journey for us, really, hasn't it? Because it, it it's forced me to read a load of books I probably would never have read. And, and
0: indeed ones I wouldn't have chosen. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm stuck in this Amazon bubble of people recommending of Amazon recommending stuff to me. Yeah, and you filter I bubble. wouldn't have chosen Free to Focus. It was good. I wouldn't have chosen Drucker. It was good. Right. Might have chosen Combo Prospecting. It's not bad.
1: I wouldn't have chosen Combo Prospecting because of the boxing glove on the front. I'd have thought, that's cheesy shit. But... Actually, I'm an introduction and a chapter in.
0: Me too, I'm an introduction and a chapter in. They're quite big chapters though, aren't they? I mean, yeah. like 70 pages in and actually, and it's small writing. Yeah, I mean... They t- it takes some reading, I think.
1: Yes, it's... It's, it's dense. It, it, not dense in a Peter Drucker kind of way.
0: No, just dense and there's a lot of wordage to it.
1: So it's, go on, Jonathan, you, little can, letters. you can uh, introduce
0: the book if you like.
1: So today, folks, listeners, friends... We are reading Combo Prospecting, 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 by Tony J Hughes. It is the powerful one-two punch that fills your pipeline and wins sales. Um, And again, uh, you know, for want of becoming a little bit cliché, I did say when we read. Free to Focus, I think this is the most important book we've done thus far on Book Club. But I actually think that from an importance perspective, this supersedes it.
0: don't know, really. I mean, that you, you know, the perfect salesperson, quite often when I'm stuck with a client, you know, we get into this talking about salespeople. I actually draw a three-by-three three matrix with nine different components of it. Yeah. I think organisation is a component of that. Yeah. I think prospecting is a component of a good salesperson. This guy says it and he's right. If you're not getting in front of people, it doesn't matter which other sales course you've done. It's irrelevant.
1: Doesn't matter how world class you are. Doesn't matter how you've well you've not you know, got the any Lyman. appointments. You've not got any appointments. You've not got any stuff in your pipeline. Good luck with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I think this is. It, it would make it into my top nine, uh, into my quadrant of not quadrant, but my my three by three grid prospecting would definitely make it in there because getting in front of a client is important. Yeah, it you've is. You've got to do a good job when you're there, clearly, and you've got to be organised and blah bar. blah You've got to be a challenger. and but all that stuff. But actually, you've got to get through the door, and that's what this guy talks about. And,
1: and I'm a great believer, Mike, and we've talked a lot on some of the books we've done about, actually, in a lot of the environments that a lot of people we work with exist in, give them enough appointments, they'll make money. Correct, yeah. Given the nature of the value proposition. First question, pricing the. This is a book full of fight metaphors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have a fight being this guy. And
1: you are a man that actually does do a bit of combat sport. For our listeners, Mike is not a bullshitter. Mike gets hit in the head. I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man. <laughs> He's a middle-aged man that comes to work all bruised up. Um, but he does do it. Mike, do you, do you reckon Tony Hughes is a man that goes fighting? No. I don't either.
0: I think he watches a bit of boxing on the
1: TV. I mean, I get it, and there's a lot of metaphor. It's quite a nice metaphor, actually. It's a great metaphor, and you know, we've I've often used metaphors not dissimilarly when managing people and trying to, to, you know, get get people out of a torpor or whatever. So he starts off the introduction, which is lengthy and important to read in and of itself. Oh, I mean, the
0: introduction is long. I actually read it; It it's long.
1: And I know you're not a man that's keen on introductions. I have read this one actually, but you've read this given the um, given you are given its girth. Um, and uh, I think that the, the gist let's start page one social and digital alone fail
0: well I mean you've yeah I mean I, I agree with that what I see what's going to happen for those pe- people listening and watching is what Jonathan and I are going to do is underline a bucket load of truisms in the first introduction
1: about and then what spend the what pe- next four about, weeks expanding upon them. about
0: what people aren't doing because he yeah. says that, he says loads of stuff like that, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: it, he, it, it, The I think the gist, where we're going to go with this book is, he's going to talk a lot about the importance of, you know, some people are, are are all about the cold calling, smashing the phone, getting in the face of the client. Not many. Not many, though. Um, and, you know, Michael and I will tell you, as, as people that place senior level salespeople, actually nowhere near enough, um, particularly when we're interviewing them, you know, I've been talking to one guy today um, about an extremely good job, and he, he, he you know, his. He object-
0: made me laugh that he's leaving his current role because it doesn't because it because uh, there isn't enough leads, and he wants a new business sales role. Yeah, you feel like saying there's a real irony in that somewhere. Yeah,
1: and and you feel like saying to him, wake up to yourself. The reason there's not enough leads is because you're not creating them, fella. Yeah. That's not my place to say that. Really, I'm not his coach, and I'm not his manager. I'm his recruiter. If he asked me for my opinion, I'd tell him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to your point, the first thing you underlined about digital and social... and blah, Yeah, blah.
1: And, and where the book is going is uh, Tony Hughes is not anti-social selling. No, not at all. Far from it. He's very and, keen on LinkedIn Navigator, is isn't he? And he is not anti-cold calling. The gist of the book is he's very nervous about people who are extremely reliant on social selling. And you and I have talked in various episodes about this, of... There is a new wave of salespeople who most unbelievably stupidly think they can earn a living online. Yes. Without picking up the blower and that life will come to them. It just doesn't. So he, 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 he says, the book will show you exactly how to drive levels of effective activity. I like the fact that he uses the word activity.
0: Yes, me too. You know how many Well, people, he's talking about number of calls later on in chapter one.
1: He actually, He's actually talking about doing 30, 30 what does he call them, triplets a day? 30, 30 triples a day, yeah. a day. A call, uh, a, call a text, an, and an email. A call, a text, an email, or a call, an in-mail, and a, an email, or whatever. Um, right up front, I want you to know that success will only happen if you commit to doing these 10 things. I do think it's worth just bringing in a couple of these because they do give great context to where this book's going to be one accept personal responsibility for consistently creating sales pipeline every day that's a very if you just that one statement personal responsibility for consistently creating sales pipeline every day i mean there's not a lot of words there but shit loads of stuff said in that one point
0: he's absolutely right
1: Number two, realise you'll need to put in 10 times the activity you're doing now to be remotely successful. And that's past the horizon of comfortable. Fear not, the book will show you how to do it. Three, lead with an insightful business net value narrative, which, you know, a lot of our authors have talked about. Four, create an authentic personal brand, showing credibility, curiosity, and positive and aligned values. Yeah, and actually... This is probably the first book where that's been mentioned that we've done on the show, talking about actually the quality of your own personal brand. Five, actively use LinkedIn sales nav. Yeah, even and then he says,
0: even if your boss won't buy oh, it, you've got to buy Mike, it.
1: Mike, I think I actually mentioned this on the show last week about somebody I was talking to who said, They like, won't buy me LinkedIn. They won't buy me LinkedIn. Or I can't, you know, yeah. I can't get enough emails out the door. And, I, and, I, and at the time I actually said to the person, why don't you buy it yourself, claim it back on expenses after you've won some deals.
0: Or well, why don't you buy it yourself? Not by the club in it back because you've you got loads of commission in the back. Because you've earned
1: 40 grand commission off a decent deal because you had enough activity anyway. And Correct. then it's yours. Oh, and on top of that, to hell with your employees. It's your data. Oh, GDPR, GDPR. Well, fuck the GDPR, frankly. Excuse my language. But it, it, I find it frustrating when candidates say to me, oh, they don't give me the tools. They won't pay for me for a premium LinkedIn account all uh, oh right what's current basic salary oh, i'm on 90k base
0: yeah absolutely yeah
1: oh i'm sure sales nav's about 90 quid per user per month
0: i like this to source email addresses and phone numbers find a way to gain access to sales intelligence software yeah easy, same. right what amazes me is client prospects will say where do you get my number from i'll say lucia they'll go i'll take it out lucia
1: <laughs> i just think what that's a that's stupid thing to say no but it it's just shows cruel. how archaic the thinking is I know, yes. of some of the people that work. By the, By the way, all of you
0: don't know which what Lucia is, which is about 95% of you. It's a Chrome plugin that you put in front of uh, LinkedIn and it gives you people's mobile numbers. Yeah, it's about 100 the, quid a month. The data is not held by you, so therefore you can't delete it and therefore you haven't broken GDPR. Yeah. Because you're not uh, holding it. And numbers... this one,
1: actively use <laughs> the phone as part of your prospecting strategy. No combination of activities will work unless it includes the phone at its core. Love it. The other one, embrace your CRM system. You know, how many people sort of almost as a badge of honour? Oh, yeah. I, I don't really like CRM. It's just of pain. It's just not me. Well, personally, I like my CRM because it tells me when to make my next call. Relentlessly get into
0: the ring every day, slug it out and be willing to take a beating.
1: Yeah. Um, the other one, CEOs read dozens of books a year, but most salespeople read none. Rise above the pack. <laughs> I know, yeah. By committing to read every book and blog I reference and listen to the podcasts I recommend, focus on. And then he basically, and, and I did get a bit grumpy about this because I was list- I actually read this via audio um, whilst I was out walking uh, the dog on Saturday and I was a bit like, oh, come on. I can't help but feel that a lot of the authors we work with, there is a bit of a cabal going on. Oh, without a doubt. With everybody cross-referencing. You if you're not of
0: the challenge or if success livelihood is just not that important to you, spare yourself the aggravation of reading on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, give it to someone who actually takes the necessary so, action.
1: You know, from a writing perspective, some of this is a bit... There's a bit of cheese. There's loads of cheese. And I got a bit... So, I, quite, you know, I quite like it, actually. You know, I'm, I'm out in the countryside at the weekend walking through well, the... Well, that was your choice, not to read really that in front of the desk, wasn't it? Correct, yes. Yeah, so I was squeezing in, I was multitasking...
0: Sellers have become too passive, quiet, fearful, and lazy. Agreed, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I, do you know the thing that? Uh, and and to be fair, it's made me have a little chat with myself about this. Is I have always prided myself on being prepared to say things that others would never dare.
0: What, like the truth?
1: The truth and just saying gutsy-assed stuff that other people would be petrified to say in a sales conversation to a client. And it did make me think, and I have to say, I've come in today all fired up to really rip into a few clients about just getting into them. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Lo and behold, I've got an appointment tomorrow morning. That's good. Yeah. Um. And, and it, you know, he talks about Combo explained and calls to put me in jail. Bloody, bloody, blah. And he gives us a little bit of a, uh, He says
0: something here that I don't think he says enough, actually, which he says, always lead with what you think you can do for them and their business.
1: I think he's going to get much more deeply into that. Yeah, with leading with what's in it for the client. He
0: goes, selling is a blue-collar trade dressed up in Wall Street clothing.
1: Love that. I thought it was great. Yeah, loved that. Absolutely If you sound
0: subservient like everyone else, they'll become bored and lose interest. Yeah.
1: He's right, 100% absolutely and i wrote here you know he tells his life story about his flying career and
0: home. yeah i sort of skipped past that
1: <laughs> why she didn't care you didn't want his inspirational life story i mean pretty much every book begins with the whole you know there's a there's a yeah pattern here, i isn't was there? dead on my feet i was Blah-dee dead i was blah. starving i was eating my own toenails yeah, yeah all that shit
0: and I like this bit, the the more but desperation... But to be fair, it's a
1: pretty sad story when you read I it. I
0: actually can't remember it. Seriously, for what it's worth, it's a pretty I'm sad not interested. story. The more desperation you project as a seller, the more you repel. Some prefer not to look at it like dating, but it truly is. Yeah, it is. He's right. Do you know,
1: I, I remember, Pricey, when you and I first worked together and you were a young, single fellow. I used to go out canvassing. Uh, and this is a, a true story, listeners. Uh, 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 you know, what was I, about 28, and you were about 21. And I used to say to Michael on Friday night, what are you doing tonight, Pricey? And he used to say, uh, 30 cold calls.
0: Yeah, that's how I used to and he'd go
1: And he'd go out, and Michael would make 30, in inverted commas, cold calls. He'd push himself.
0: But you know, the irony is you get a lot better at it. Correct, he'd push you himself just get to speak great to 30, 30 girls on a Friday night. You just get great In the it. days
1: before Tinder. And I've got to say, you know, he makes this dating analogy, but Isn't I'm it? a great believer, Michael, that the millennial salesperson is a worse-off salesperson for not having to walk well you know, social it, media's ruined them so, in every it, way it, it's weakened them and,
0: and I tell you what it's not just it's not just about dating girls or boys it's also there's a lot of millennials in the gym that I'm in and they all are indiv- they're all on their own yeah they're not as social because they, they don't sort of talk to each other I talk
1: to people in the gym when well, I'm you see I in don't as, as it
0: happens I don't really but when somebody talks to me I end up talking back to them and now when I'm doing it you know the big one that looks like the Incredible Hulk <laughs> He's massive, yeah. that lad. he always comes and talks to me for ages. I've had to say, listen, mate, I'm really sorry, but I'm on a bit of a He's very schedule. friendly, though. Yeah, 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 but I think just in general. No, social uh, media has killed their communication skill. Well, Tinder. Skill. <coughs> well, it's just another form of social media, isn't it, actually? Yes,
1: but that, that whole Tinder generation, mm-hmm. they don't know what it is to have to pluck up courage, walk across a bar and say, hello, my name is...
0: But you know you've used the word there is they don't know how to pluck up courage. It isn't plucking up courage if you do it all the time. No, it gets it's easy. just what you do. That's that's actually where his boxing analogy is. A mate of mine is now a pro bare knuckle boxer. I'm mean, sparred with him. Bare you, knuckle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's on Sky TV. That's crazy. You can't hurt him. But why is that? It's because he's getting hit, getting, getting hit, is a conditioned response. Yeah. Whereas actually taking. Uh, a no on a canvas call is a conditioned response.
1: Walking across a bar is a conditioned response. And being response. laughed at is a conditioned if response. If you do it enough times, you just go, yeah, whatever. So You're it's laughing a, con- at it's me, a anyway.
0: conditioned response, isn't it? So actually, why don't people want to pick up the phone? Because I mean, I'm on page 21 now. Ultimately, fewer and fewer salespeople using their voices. It's all gone passively digital. A relaxed, confident, non-hungry tone is the way in, and that's his point. A relaxed, confident, non-hungry tone that I think only comes from having been through the conditioned response of people saying no to you. Correct. So then you don't fret, you don't lose your way, whereas actually if you take somebody that's never done it before, don't matter how clever they are. I could, t- I could take my mate who's a professor at Leeds University, one of the foremost people in Europe, put him on the phone, and he'd just crumble. Yeah. But he's a v- brutally intelligent man. Because he's not man. used to getting hit. Because it's conditioned response. Absolutely. And the more you
1: do it, the more used to getting hit you you, you become. And the less you care. And the less, and, the hard, and the less you care, the easier it gets.
0: But also the harder you are to hit.
1: And yes, because you're in contact. Because you, you just know you what's get coming. In contact. Well,
0: you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah. So you know what they're going to do. And that's where his boxing analogy hangs true. Absolutely. And I'm sure if we got in the boxing ring with, you know, Tyson Fury or whoever, we actually couldn't hit the guy.
1: Because yeah, he's just used to get... Uh, and if you did land... He just sees
0: one. how your body's moving moves. And this canvassing is the same.
1: Yeah, it is. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets, the more you do it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more money you make.
0: And that's sort of what this guy's saying, really. And which it, I, I like his like. line.
1: What You know, it's, it's a little bit, it's cheesy, isn't it? Why you need to be the hottest one at the bar? But he's bang right. Yeah, he is, yeah, 100%. He's bang right. And, and you know, um, he's right. The more desperation you, chip, you project, the more you repel. Some prefer not to look at it like dating, but it truly is. Are that- you one of the guys in the bar dressed in glittering Ed Hardy, lining up to buy the same girl a drink? Or perhaps you're a girl flunk- flirting with the hunkiest guy who wears an Armani suit. You will both fail.
0: That's, and he's right. That's my only problem with the book, however, actually. Is the book, we're going to get into chapter one now. The book isn't really a system, per se. It's I more think a we're collection. It, some, I hope so. Because currently, it's just a collection of quotes that you could put in Boiler Room.
1: Yeah, it is. It, 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 at the moment, he's. Chapter intro and chapter one is just a clarion call, isn't it? It's a good
0: clarion call.
1: And a useful clarinet call, and he makes some incredibly, particularly later on, he makes some incredibly important points. Yes, so should we move to chapter one? Chapter one is called Awful Truths That Can Set You Free. And he quotes one of my favourite ever quotes Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Iron Mike Tyson. So the first section is Wake up and get in the fight. And he's. Those and you know,
0: people are glass
1: jawed fools. <laughs> but he's right.
0: Because they merely planted their number with spoon-fed leads from marketing, inside sales or social media activity, sprinkled with a little of their own extra effort.
1: He's right. He's right, 100%. He's absolutely right. You don't right. lose
0: sales, your competitors outsell you. He's
1: right. Again, correct. That's what happens. Correct, yeah. You get outsold by somebody who wants it more. Somebody who's prepared to cold call. Somebody who was in the office earlier than you. Some, some, somebody who was prepared to stay late and make a call to the States at 10 o'clock or somebody who was on his phone at 7am calling a CEO on his mobile that he got off Lucia when you, when you were sat at home eating your breakfast. That That's when people lose deals. He says it here, a sales career can be brutal. Delivering revenue is the only thing that protects you, but revenue is an outcome, not an activity. Properly qualified pipeline and lots of it is required to generate revenue and a high level of intelligent activity is what is needed to create pipeline as a salesperson the cure of all ills is revenue lots of revenue is fueled by big pipeline which also removes pressure he's right 100 percent. and he's bang right and his point is he's saying just get stuff in the top of your funnel and everything works itself out um so
0: I'm on page. He two. says you
1: don't have. To, he says he, you don't have to overthink it. Once you have a message that's resonating the right way in a target vertical, a seller who hits 20 prospects with the most perfectly tailored targeted email in one week will never catch a seller who has a sharp template and calls voicemails, emails targets every day, uh, emails 50 targets every day. I don't quite agree with that because I I speak to a lot of guys. There's one fellow I interviewed a while ago who told me he writes these letters to CEOs mm. that are incredibly poignant and accurate.
0: I know who you mean, he's a very good guy actually as well.
1: And he said sometimes one letter will take him half a day to research. I'd like to read one of his letters. But he said literally he'll pull a he'll pull a business apart with it and then take it back to a place where it proposes a value proposition that means that the CEO should meet him. And he said he'll get, maybe out of 20-odd of those, he'll get four or five appointments. Um, so I don't 100% agree... Because I think there are certain environments in which you do have to be a little bit more rapier-like. And also there are certain environments, for example, you know, he talks about how often, you know, we meet sales guys. And I do think it's one of the dichotomies of the sector we operate in, particularly at enterprise level. Um, I, I, I know a fella I go to rugby with sometimes. and we, we had a chat. He was saying to me, oh, I'm moving on from where I am right now. And I said, all right, how come? And he said, because company's brilliant, job's brilliant, but actually, uh, the 50 accounts they've given me, I've crawled all over them for the last three months. There's nothing in them. Um, it's just my turn to get the rotten luck in this move. You we really what? believe that? Yeah. And he said, he's, he said, listen, it's just, he said, I've, I've ridden my luck for 10 years. I've had some really good territories. I've performed on those territories, but if I look at this particular patch, everything that's sold is sold there's not a lot of business in them. I won't hit my number, so I'm moving on. Right, fair enough. Uh, so I do think sometimes there is an element of luck in that enterprise sales environment, because if you've only got a portfolio of 50 accounts, how much business is there in them? I think
0: there sometimes is. I think actually we seem to be able to see people on LinkedIn who seem to have a lot of bad luck. They seem to As, move as, a lot as, of uh, as
1: the Albert King song says, is it, if it wasn't for bad luck, they wouldn't have no luck at all.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was going to quote.
1: Yeah, and so it on, wasn't, was it, Mike?
0: I've just no idea what you're on about, really. No. So than tw- a bad
1: sign, Albert King.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to listen to it. It sounds rubbish. So on page 29, he says two things that I think are very interesting. One silence. There's silence. never been a more connected yet disengaged ethos in the history of mankind. I absolutely 100% Go on. think he's 100% right. I think that we are, all of us, any of us, are becoming. We're so much more connected on so many different platforms email, telephone, social media, this, you know, Instagram, Flickr. I mean, I'm not big on social media, really. But Samaritans but got, can't hire volunteers quick got, enough. But I've got Facebook, I've got uh, LinkedIn, obviously. I use Instagram, I use Flickr, you know, and I'm not actually that socially active, but I've got all those. I'm connected to so many different people. But you And know- actually, you become inured to social media. So it makes you disconnected, I think. I really think that's the case. Well, it's
1: a noisy world.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing that he says is, he said, but truth be told, the most successful senior execs, right up to CO herself, will take time out of every day to make targeted outreach calls to critical critical clients. And I think what happens is, the more senior people get, they move away, you know, yeah, it's a bit beneath me that, Mike. And now actually, do people use the word beneath me? quite often but they dress it up a little bit more than that but you're going to quote somebody I've never met but I know you know him very well he's a chief exec and I bet he's out selling isn't he
1: wealthiest guy I know who is worth best part of a hundred odd million pound
0: salesman I bet uh,
1: once said to me over dinner uh, look mate here's the thing you're never not salesman you're always in the sales job Uh, you should be out closing every every single one of the biggest deals business has got
0: but how many people do we meet that don't have that mindset.
1: Loads. Who are actually... How many people do we meet who are in middle management sales leadership gigs who can't be asked to go out and do a piece of business? Correct, yeah.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: Who think it's not their problem. Oh, no, I, I hung up my briefcase a long time ago. Yeah, really? and he says here every CEO should personally embrace LinkedIn not just have their executive assistant do it on their behalf personal brand on social is table stakes for most startup leaders but in the global 2000 it's a competitive advantage look at Jack Welch of GE or Howard Schultz of Starbucks they both allow a direct channel from every employee Elon Musk is brilliant at that I was going to say well, he you look sells at, cars mate. You, look,
0: you look at some of the big brands now Virgin Yeah. Uh, President you know. of
1: the United States he runs his own Twitter
0: yeah, yeah, it's amazing. But, a lot, but what Twitter we're buying thing. a lot now is we're buying brands, aren't we? You know, we're buying Tesla, we're actually buying Elon Musk. Of course we're we We're flying do. on Virgin, we're actually buying Richard Branson.
1: You know, I... Et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. But there's so many of these faceless CEOs out there.
1: Companies who you don't know. Absolutely. Correct. And then he says, yes, you're, he talks a little bit about you must explore the mindset involved in new business development. Yes, you're helping customers find a better future, but you're also being the hunter, taking the kill back to the cave and nailing the pelt on the wall. It's, it's cheesy. But he's right. In addition to boxing, selling can be compared to professional sports such as baseball or cricket. In baseball, if you hit three pitches out of 10, you look like a genius. In cricket, if you wait for the one ball in and over that you can hit to the fence. In new business sales, you must be ready to be rejected dozens of times in a row. You can't take your ego into the office. You need to leave your personal baggage at the door and focus. Successful application of combo will include a lot of rejection and you can't let this deter you. Expect it and know that you're going to push yourself harder than ever to break through. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that's holding a lot of salespeople back at the moment is the quality of the economy and and the buoyancy of it. And, you know, I think it was another book that we read, read recently where there was a quote, the rising tide floats all boats. And there's a lot of boats floating right now that in a slightly tougher market wouldn't float. And in reality, you know, you and I have been there 2009. The moment the tide goes out, the ship boats sink with immediate effect. They do, yes. The ones that don't want a cold call, the ones that aren't going to say the words that others... Are, the ones that haven't got the guts to say something to a client that others might not.
0: Or, or, or the ones who aren't capable of creating a need. I can't remember the ne- name of the chapter that we had on, Sprightly Fellow. Sprightly In, in a red T-shirt. <sighs> oh, Keenan. Keenan. Keenan would say...
1: My father hates the word "sprightly" when applied to him, but he is in his 80s.
0: Keenan would say that actually it's about the people who generate the need... Whereas these guys are just waiting for a lead to come in so they're not generating need. Page 32, there's a couple of things. The honey badger. Nah, skip past that. I thought it was rubbish. What, the whole... Just Just keep going. What,
1: like, he's, but the point he's just making on, he's going on and on. But the point is he's saying your honey badger doesn't care if it gets hurt, hurt, it just gets on with it.
0: Exactly. He said it's almost impossible to get fired if you're genuinely showing serious revenue potential.
1: <sighs> Correct. Hmm. I think... Well, I've had that debate with that candidate about two hours ago, haven't I? He's saying, oh, your client's small and risky. Uh, uh, all right, okay. But you work for a big company now and you're telling me your pipeline's all right, but some guy in the States can't quite see that. Yeah, Whereas like, in a
0: small company... Clearly his pipeline's not there, isn't no, his, it?
1: Client, his pipeline's bobbins. <laughs> but in a smaller company, if you're doing the right thing... You know, how many times do you speak to a client... Where the company's—I don't know—a thirty-five million-pound company. He's a sales leader of a team of fifteen, and you'll say to him, "Where you up to with recruitment?" Oh, I've got this one guy. He's struggling, but do you know what, Mike? Bloody hell! I feel so sorry for him. He's doing everything right. I can't understand why it isn't breaking for him.
0: Yeah, you get that in smaller companies.
1: And he's hard to fire. And the hiring manager sat there saying. He's not sold anything, but I'm going to protect him for another few months because every time I speak to him, he's doing the right things. He's having it. There's stuff in his pipeline. Something's got to drop through. Know, you know, and you ring back three months later and you say, well, and he says, fair play to him. He broke through. He's just won a really good piece of business. Do
0: you know, I spoke to somebody on Friday and he said, remember that lady you placed with me, Mike? And I said, yes. Yeah. Said She just closed, closed the first deal. Oh, really? And it was about a year further on. And I said, wow, you kept hold of her for a long time. He said,
1: yeah, but I just knew she was going to do it. Because she was doing everything right. Yeah. Whereas actually, in a bigger organisation, that's a lot harder to do. Yeah. I mean, that's a twenty million pound business, that kind of mark. And the
0: next thing, I mean, you're you're going to love this, I think. But I mean, I really like this. Blah um, blah blah. Under the mistaken belief that personal marketing on digital platforms is actually selling. I agree. Couldn't agree more.
1: I agree. Couldn't agree more. And you know, I'm all about marketing and digital platforms, and yeah. I completely fervently agree. Yeah. You can't do it alone. And then the It's next, part of a
0: mix. And then the next piece, a 2016 Harvard Business Review cited the number of underperforming salespeople at 63%. I, I've got to say, I'm surprised it was that low. I, I reckon percentage of people to target, you know, I don't know how many IT salespeople are off, forty, fifty thousand, 50,000, something like that. I bet percentage of people to target are over is
1: 20%. But, but and here's the point, what's the sole reason behind people being behind target?
0: Uh, Well, uh, individually, it's all about pipeline. Yeah. However, collectively, you know, if you think the whole market is 63% target, those companies are buying something from somebody. So actually, there's too many salespeople in the market.
1: I think when you look at... Not right now, there's not.
0: I do. I think you look at the oracles of this world, they've got, evidently, um, I'll deny all... Uh, no, nah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, they've got sixty salespeople in the UK selling HCM technology. Wow, that seems too much. That how are they ever going to hit target? Somebody's got. But then to, the candidates flock to to work there. Somebody's what, got to not people? hit target.
1: Correct. Somebody's got to have the shit accounts. Correct. And the accounts well, are going to be. Have. And the accounts are going to be so finely divided. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That actually, that's literally like a career lottery. Does you He says, I believe
0: in social selling, but it must not be confused with social marketing.
1: Yeah. So then he talks, and this is the bit that I think is really valid. Um, And it's something that I've been referring to as the enormous fat elephant in the world's room for about a year and a half now. Are we on page 38 now? Yeah, and everybody thinks I'm completely, utterly bastard mental. No, no I agree with you. Um, is what he calls the great disruption of your precious livelihood. And the point he's making is, he's saying, listen, AI is coming for everybody's jobs.
0: It definitely is, yeah, 100%. Um, I don't know if you've watched the BBC drama years and years. Have you watched it? I,
1: I watched first episode and I, I didn't like the acting, so I turned it off. Didn't like the acting? I didn't like the acting. Whatever.
0: But the storyline has some of that in it and it's very interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I didn't like the acting, but... but what did you, you like about the acting? I thought some of it was poor. I just thought... Well, look, it's not Killing Eve, is it, Pricey?
0: One of my other mates said that. Killing Eve, I haven't watched it yet. Jodie you Kane know brilliant. My cool. wife's on about watching it. Do you know what I'm not going to like about Killing Eve? And this isn't a BBC review show. Is <laughs> yeah, Killing Eve, it's really cool. Let's all flock to it and
1: watch it. And let's also drink our Starbucks. It's like, yeah, why? Right, you've lost it now. So this is the point: is the he calls it the great disruption of your precious livelihood. And, and he's what talking it, about for a bit yeah. while he's talking about that saying, harnessing of AI. Yeah, basically. the point he's making is the bots will be coming for your job if you allow yourself to be a mere transactor of commodities. You must move beyond low value relationship building. Relationship building. How many people that we talk to say, oh, "I'm a relationship builder." Nobody cares. Bots will create better relationships. And instead, elevate every conversation by setting the agenda on insight and value. So right. You must aspire to be your customer's trusted advisor and earn that position over time by constantly delivering value in every conversation and always acting in their best interests. And he really is right. It, you know, I don't know if anybody listened to the Joe Rogan interview with Elon Musk, which was part comedy and part savant. Um... Rogan mentioned to Elon Musk at the time, uh, he said, you know, you've you spent several years campaigning and lobbying some of the world's most important politicians and, and leaders about what you believe is tantamount to an AI employment apocalypse um, and also an AI apocalypse in general in terms of out-of-control artificial intelligence. And he said, I have, yeah, but everybody's ignored me now, so I'm kind of done really trying. Um, don't, say I di- don't say I didn't try and warn everybody. And we are, I think, about to enter, you know, in recruitment, I said it to somebody earlier today, I said it to a prospect client when he said, why should I deal with you? And the conversation went down the lines so of, I said, I reckon 70% of recruitment consultants will be out of work within the next 10 years. I agree with you completely. That they'll be gone, done. Um, and why? Because they're transactors. Yeah, they're not adding any value, are they? No. Beyond not, transaction. No. Uh, you know, and it'll be hard. It'll be hard for us, <coughs> and you and I are adding shoe loads. He um, um he goes on further on, and eh? what he talks about is you've got to become a cyborg, i.e., part man, part machine, and being able to interface with automation technology and the forthcoming AI technology. And he's he's absolutely right. I mean, I went to, uh, I I got banned from doing a careers talk at Gateway School, right. uh, where my daughter went. I, I I was asked every year, and one year, um. I had a bit of a do with the head of careers at the school because I said, you're telling these kids that they should be going into accountancy and law and you're wrong because nobody's going to need yeah. accountants and lawyers and these parents are killing themselves to put these kids through this school. And you're telling these kids they should all be studying accountancy law and obviously I wasn't invited but the point he's making is where I think the modern salesman is going to be is he's going to be half man, half machine.
0: The one that's left, yeah.
1: Yeah, the ones that are left are going to be the ones who are clever enough to manage the AI, clever enough to work with the AI, clever enough to put themselves in a place where they're the ones that tell the AI what it should be doing next.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. You're 100% right. And he's
1: absolutely right. And then who are then capable of understanding of the doing NLP, something with the information. thinking strategically through the deal, doing something with the information, having the charisma to excite a room. On top of all that, it's going to be a very, very multifaceted role. But when everybody gets out of the industry, oh, yeah, I used to be in sales, but the machines took my job, there'll be a few who will earn twice or three times the money.
0: Definitely, 100%, yeah. Because because they'll be using the uh, automated tools to yeah. get an economy of scale. In
1: the same way that there'll be a few lawyers who will earn twice or three times the money and a few accountants who will earn twice or three times the money.
0: He says here, research by Craig Elliott states that new executives... Who spent $1 million plus on new, initi- on new initiatives did so within the first 90 days of their job. Therefore, job changes are a key trigger to monitor.
1: Got to tell you, Pricey, I made a note Let's go into Sales Nav and do a canvas section on canvassing people who have been in their job less than 90 days. He's right, though, isn't he? I made a note whilst I was walking, got my phone out of my pocket, made a note, thought, that's a good canvassing session. Why am I not doing that? Oh, well, you're going to do it now because you've read the book, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's talking, you know, he talks about simple things,
0: very simple things, but they're all right.
1: The list you researched and created, ready to go before you left work the previous day. Yeah. Do you know? I remember. Uh, I don't know if Dave listens to this. There was one night when I was a young account handler at Howard Jackson, um, and I was doing badly, and they'd just opened the Leeds office, and Dave Shields was just left in the office, and he was going to go back to his hotel. And I sat at my desk and he said, let's go, Johnny, come on, let's go home, I want to lock the office. And I went, no. And he said, why? And I sat there writing out every call with the phone number, every call, with the phone number, every call. With I bet he loved number. that, didn't he? And I said, I'm not leaving here until I've got a hundred calls to go out tomorrow because I'm sick of this. And he, in the end, he went out and got a pizza, <laughs> brought it back to the office. He went, right, I'll get you a pizza, right, we'll stay. And he went and brought pizzas. And then he gave me a lift home. Is that Yeah. But that's what it's all about, yep. and I, and I know for a fact before you leave every night, you've already written your diary. Hundred percent. Never leave without doing it. And it's those little Ever. things; they're the bits that make the difference.
0: And you know what? I never leave without doing it. If even if I'm on the road, I will stop at a service station before my house, <laughs> get my diary
1: out, do it, put it in my bag. Listeners, he's not bullshitting. I'm not joking, no? He's not bullshitting. He's a machine. He's... Why do you
0: think I didn't get home until quarter twelve on Friday? Because I stopped at Woodall Services and did that.
1: I know you stopped at Woodall Services for your tea, Pricey.
0: I didn't. I had my tea at the golf thing. Did you? Steak and kidney pie.
1: You must have been gutted because I know you're very fond of service station lamb shanks. And that's not a euphemism. No, it's not. No, no, (laughs) no. I I
0: do that. No, they don't do that at Woodall. You have to stop down at um, one further down. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a little bit of a table and stuff like that. Yeah. And then becoming a cyborg.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And he, you know, and he talks a little bit. It's, some of them, the quotes are, are, are pithy, but you know, it's a rejection-laden lifestyle, but you will only truly fail if you allow defeat to enter your heart. Call, voicemail, email, call, voicemail, email. Every day you should execute a minimum of 30 triples, which can be achieved at scale in less than two hours. You should be carving out at least one two-hour prospecting block every workday, and you need to st- work 50 target accounts per quarter with three to five contacts per account, with at least two of those being C-level and you'll need the right tools to execute this effectively and he talks about different tools that you can get um and 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 he he also points out buy them yourself.
0: yeah he's right Absolutely. you know we work
1: in a world now where you don't need actually your employer to buy that kit for you no i, you, I don't, don't I, need and you don't need it's approval
0: no why do yeah why? I, 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 you could
1: implement and install half these tools yourself
0: He goes on a bit and he's on i'm now on page 52 yeah it talks a bit too much for me about the fear of picking up the phone. I think if I was on the, on the edge of picking up the phone and not picking up the phone, I think I'd be a bit scared of it. because he seems. Do you to think make... he'd
1: wind me into fear?
0: Yeah, I think he's winding me into fear a little bit. We used to employ a guy called Jacob Spencer who made a very good point. I mean, he he's... ain't going to hit you. What's he going to do? Punch you down the phone. Chris, Scott, right.
1: Chris Scott used to laugh. Well, he was in the army, wasn't he? Chris Scott used to laugh. He, he was a, he'd been a Marine and he'd served in Northern Ireland, and he used to just laugh at the whole thing. He used to sit there and say, I've got my brew. It's nice and warm in here. He said, we're not in our mar getting shot at.
0: He's 100% right. Well, we're not policemen getting acid thrown at us.
1: Yeah. We're not healthy. He used to laugh, the whole concept of it being stressful, he just thought was hilarious.
0: And I think this guy does build it up a little bit too much, where I think, oh, come on.
1: Yeah, But but he's appealing to the... Like many of our authors that we've had on the show he's appealing to an audience. He's, appe- he's preaching to an audience that aren't converted. Yes, that's true.
0: Or, or on the verge of And I it.
1: think a lot of our audience won't like this book.
0: Quite a lot of our audience will think it's beneath them. Yeah. But actually the truism is they actually don't have the wherewithal the to do Koi it. The coyolmes. They actually don't have the coyolmes to do it. Yeah. That beneath them thing is quite often an excuse you know, I'm an expensive resource to be dialing out.
1: It's a bit. I, I, I'm a bit sophisticated for that. Maybe you know, they he, should get some inside sales. Chief exec seems to dial out. Yeah, yeah. Y- you know, 56. He, he brings. He brings. You to, can't spend pride at Tesco's, can you, Price?
0: Correct. He brings to mention something that I've always said, which is it is a contact sport. It's about yeah. contacting people.
1: But I think, I think selling is a contact sport in so many ways. That's what I mean,
0: contact has a number of different meanings. Yes,
1: it's, cont- it's contact because I've got to... A, you're
0: going to get punched, you punch, you've got to make contact. Sport. It's a bloody contact sport. It's rugby league. Yeah, but it's not a bad one, though, is it? No. It just is what it is. It goes, the average worker receives over 200 emails a day, with many siphoned off into a corporate spam or junk email filter.
1: I mean, he's right. Yep. Yeah. I'll t- tell you one thing. He talks a lot about cold calling. I felt for a long time, I don't look at any of the calls I make as cold calls anymore. No. It's very rare I make a call where it's truly, true. My, my sister truly. had a week
0: cold, uh, only a week in sales, where she sold advertising and her patch was at Plumber's in the northwest. <laughs> now that's what? cold calling. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine what they said to her. It's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that's 150 dials a day.
0: And oh, it was a dialer, dialer, yeah.
1: Wow, you yeah. learn you you learn you. I'll tell you what.
0: Well, she stayed in it for a week, but I think if you stayed in it for five months, you'd become pretty tough. I used to sell double glazing appointments when I was at university. And I, I bet I you were book. like
1: one of the guys out of white gold, weren't you, pricey? Uh
0: yeah, pretty much. Well, I, actually, if you booked three appointments in the night, you got to have a cigarette at your desk. <laughs> that was one of the perks.
1: <laughs> That's great. I love that.
0: And then he goes on about his tripling and the combo strategy, which is what we've been building up to, really.
1: Yeah. So, Do you know, there's some little gems, though, spitting out. Oh, there's loads of gems. You could, you Page 63. You send a bunch of emails over a holiday weekend. You can collect direct cell phone numbers from there out of office. I loved that. Yes. That's so up my street. That little, yeah, yeah. that kind of cute little trick.
0: Let's just go back on this because he redefines a triple. The triple is, one, calling. Two, always leave a message. Three, always sending an email. Yeah. Always in two minutes. Yeah. Like that. I really cool. love that voicemail. Email.
1: I've been trying, Tony. I've been trying that today, and it's cool. already started to work.
0: Really cool. Really liked it. You uh, mentioned something here I've never heard of it actually called LinkedIn Team Links. What's that?
1: I don't know much about that. Never heard of it. I think it's a, it's a thing where you can see. I think it's more useful in larger organisations where you can see who in your organisation is connected to who in your client. In your, in your prospect client organisation, and then you can then say, uh, go to your mate in Guadal- in IBM Guadalajara and say, I understand you're connected to so-and-so, can you make an intro? Right, fair enough. Sounds cool. Yeah. The top salespeople are f- still fearlessly calling, intelligently warm calling. Um, blah, 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 blah. And he, he obviously quotes. He does do a lot of quoting of his mates, doesn't he? Yes, His lots. other sales book mates.
0: Well, he says, if you buy this, you should buy Jeb Blount's book.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's an unashamed cross link. But do you know what? Uh, you know, Mike and I are 65 pages in and it, uh, I'm already telling you now, well worth picking up this one. Um, 90% of sea levels dance, the phone. He just says lot of stuff, doesn't he? Any day
0: that ends in a Y yeah, is and then good it, for calling.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. The lunacy of cold calling versus social selling. And and he does go into a lot more depth about how ridiculous it is to have this cold calling versus social selling debate. Yes. He goes into the the, ridiculousness of that. He said neither one is wrong. And his point is... He said they're both good together. He said together, it's incredibly powerful. He said they're both good together. But on their own, they suck, basically. Yes, but
0: you get the impression if he had to choose one or the other, he'd only choose the phone.
1: Yes, I think you would, yeah. I think if you said to him, LinkedIn has gone down, what are you going to do? He'd say, well, I'm going to pick up my blower, it's all right. If you said, the phone is broken, what are you going to do? He'd say, get me another phone. Yes, go home. Get me another phone because I can talk to people and I can get through to them. And, And we have said on several occasions, I think, Mike, as we've talked in the last several months, I know I'm noticing, I think it's easier to get through to people than it's ever been.
0: The gatekeepers aren't as sharp because they don't do as much gatekeeping.
1: Well, I think also there's a whole ho- there's a whole host of things. People aren't as based in the office anymore. And we're now in a period where most companies, particularly in our sector, are not based in permanent office residence. They're based in WeWork.
0: Are you talking about the recruiters? Clients. Yeah, the clients. I also think specifically our market and recruitment, our market and recruitment now is driven by people sending out CVs.
1: Yes, that's, that's how... It, that's in re, why in it's easier for us. A through. large volume of where the market is driven is by um, young people sat in a what in reality is a boiler room well, sending CVs It's just modern day, and, day mill, isn't it? Yeah, so sending out CVs, but they're not actually cold calling, driving along. Oh, he's a big fan of Bant, by the way. I know, I put a smiley face on that. Yeah, uh, Keenan, you watching, buddy? Um, Keenan,
0: this guy would nail you. It'd be embarrassing. I
1: think he would nail Keenan. This guy, do you reckon? Yeah, head to head, sell off.
0: Well, he'd get through the door more, wouldn't he, Tony Hughes?
1: Yeah, Keenan doesn't. Hughes and Benjamin Dennehy'd get more appointments than Keenan.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Keenan's not bothered about appointments though, because he'd go and see anybody without qualifying it.
1: because he's got I'm so much the energy, energy.
0: I, did, I, I did like Keenan actually I'm not and I liked his system actually. he's got loads of energy I'm taking the Mickey and then
1: his final bit why being beat up is good for the soul so he's really fired us up here you know but a good chapter I hope we get
0: into a bit more mechanics as time progresses
1: yes chapter 2 which we will cover next week are, are we just going to cover chapter 2 next week I don't week? know because
0: like? this guy's coming on the show he's taking a lot of reading Lauren how quickly do we need to have read this I know you've 8th um, of
1: Wow. Woohoo. We better get
0: we I, better we need to I cover, better take the dog out again. We, we need to cover more than one chapter and next that, week then, don't
1: we? Okay, so yeah, so chap chap to next week we'll cover chap well, I reckon next week we'll probably cover chapters two and three. Chapters two is we'll to, earning yeah, yeah. earning the right to win. And chapter three is building your platform. Create so I think we're gonna get much more into some nitty gritty now. We've had our clarion call and I think we're gonna get into some really practical stuff now, aren't we?
0: Yeah, but I've got to say, overall, do I like it? Yeah, I do.
1: Loving I'm it. Good. I'm actually loving it. Are you? Yeah. Um, I actually read uh, High Profit Prospecting by Mark Hunter on Audible on the way to a client appointment the other week, and I really loved that too. Um, and I'm really enjoying sort of thinking about prospecting, getting through. Cool. I, I think yeah. it's the most important bit of the game. I think you can, in reality, if you've got enough appointments, you can be a bit of a halfwit.
0: I'm sure that's the case.
1: You give a halfway enough appointments with a reasonable offering.
0: They're going to trip over the shoes at some point. Yeah, is
1: this will.
0: guy. So this guy's coming on our show.
1: He's coming on the show. So we will have him here for interview. So if you're interested and you want a book club t-shirt.
0: We're not wearing the book club t-shirts today because mine is Mike forgot
1: his, but mine was washed and is clean. Um, if you want one of these beautiful book club t-shirts, we oh, you've got to phone in phone in join us on the show we'd love to see you are they made by Hugo Boss no they're made by Fruit of the Loom of and the Loom. some company that prints <laughs> good to see you